In February of 2019, Forbes published an article titled, Are Most of Your Products Features Useless? The article states two stunning facts. Number one, 80% of features in the typical cloud software product are rarely used or never used. Number two, the software industry spends almost $30 billion a year developing features no one ever uses. In a marketplace where customers only pay for technology they actually consume, is this sustainable? This is a podcast series about the attributes that are separating the winners from the losers in the technology industry. In the last session, we discussed analytics-driven insights. This is the ability to leverage product and customer telemetry to provide new, meaningful insights to customers. I am Thomas Law, the Executive Director of the Technology and Services Industry Association. Welcome to the sixth episode of our 10-part series titled The Have and Have-Nots of the Technology Industry. In this episode, we are going to discuss a capability that is closely related to analytics-driven insights. This is the capability of adoption aptitude. What is adoption aptitude? Well, keep listening. For those listeners not familiar with TSIA, we are a for-profit research institute. We track the financial performance of the largest publicly traded technology providers on the planet. More importantly, we perform deep operational benchmarking with the technology companies that are on the TSIA platform. It is that data that informs the insights you will hear in this series. And today, I'm really excited. I am joined by Stephen Fulkerson, and Stephen leads our research practice in the area of customer success. Uh, Stephen, what were you doing in customer success before you joined us at TSIA? Well, Thomas, I was previously a vice president of customer success, leading 10 different customer success organizations at a software as a service company, staying awake at night, fixating on how to accelerate the adoption of our software within our entire customer base. Oh, man. Okay, that's perfect. So I invited the right TSI researcher to this podcast. So let me set the stage for this concept of adoption aptitude. Adoption aptitude is the ability of a technology provider to help their customers successfully adopt technology features to realize business value. Uh, again, you're going to help your customers adopt your product so they get real value from your product. And I want to start with how a technology company could measure adoption. Several years ago, we published the TSIA Adoption Framework. This is a framework designed to assess how well your customers are adopting your technology. And Stephen, could you walk our audience through the, the three basic levels of customer adoption? Absolutely. That framework identifies three levels of customer adoption, low, high, and effective. Low adoption is exactly what it sounds like. Customers are not logging in, or if they are, they are not using the features they should be. And this is your point of view as the technology solution provider. High adoption occurs when you have evidence that customers are logging in and they are using certain thresholds of their features. However, that is not the end game for adoption. And again, this is your point of view as the technology provider. Effective adoption occurs when you can verify customers are realizing business value from your technology. This is now the customer's point of view where they can verify the outcome perceived is received. 
So in the context of, of that framework, what types of things could a member measure to understand where their customer is on this spectrum, right? From, from, from low all the way up to effective. Well, it starts with the basics. To understand if a customer is moving from low adoption to high adoption, we see TSIA members track data like logins, features accessed, and volume of data inputted. And I believe Jeremy discussed this in your podcast on signal liquidity. But to understand if a customer is achieving effective adoption, you need more nuanced information. This data varies from solution to solution, but here's a pretty common metric to assess, customer efficiency. How long does it take your customer to complete core activities in your product? How does their efficiency compare to other customers? Of course, some TSI members track the improvement of business KPIs, For example, we have a member with a call center solution that is anchored on improving customer satisfaction ratings. If the customer sat ratings for the call center are not improving, there is typically a failure to adopt key features of the solution. So I would encourage all of our TSI members to read our research on that adoption framework. And also we have frameworks on consumption analytics. Um, And now, Stephen, once you determine what to measure. The question becomes how to actually improve adoption. And so what are some of the key tactics you see members employ to actually improve customer adoption levels? Well, Thomas, there are at least three tactics I would encourage companies to consider when it comes to improving customer adoption. First of all, every company should have a well-defined customer engagement lifecycle. This is a foundational framework that sales and customer success can leverage as they're working to onboard and grow new customers. Everyone working with the customer should have a basic understanding of where that customer is in their journey of leveraging the technology solution. So, so Steve, when that engagement life cycle is not well documented, right, it's not in place, what bad things happen in your experience? Well, in some examples, this is typically seen where there's really just a poor handoff from sales to customer success. Yeah, and, and of course, I mean, it's hard to help the customer adopt if you don't know, you know their objectives when they bought the solution, right? So, so I'm curious, what's the next technique? Exactly. Then the next step is that the companies should create adoption profiles. These are categories that define where a customer is in the adoption journey. This provides more insights on the customer. A customer may be in the post-onboarding phase of the customer engagement lifecycle, but severely lagging in adoption. These adoption profiles are specific to every technology provider, but reflect the categories we discussed earlier from low to effective adoption. So, so Stephen, are the adoption profiles based on personas of the individual roles or or company types, like big companies, small companies? Great question, Thomas. Typically, what we see in the industry is that these are based on role personas. Okay, interesting. Okay, so what's the next technique? Well, then finally, once a company can classify customers into specific adoption categories, they should develop an adoption playbook that identifies specific plays to run with a customer based on where they are at in the adoption journey. So Stephen, can you give our now loyal listeners here an example of a company that improved their adoption aptitude? Absolutely, Thomas. One of the key actions our member took 
in the adoption framework was to go through an internal exercise to ensure that the customer success team knew how to align effective adoption by delivering to the customer outcome. Some customer success organizations ask, what is the outcome their customers desire? Well, this is advertised on their website. Many organizations miss this step and are uninformed and unaware of what their advertised business outcomes are and instead lead with asking the customer to inform them on what their desired outcome is. And that's the wrong approach and it's reactive. A better approach is to instead of asking what the customer wants from a desired outcome, this member presented what they believe the outcome was based on the outcomes that they advertise and sell. That's being proactive. They built into their customer journey key validations in their success plans and playbooks to verify if the customer was on the right track to success to achieve their desired outcome. They identified the telemetry early in the process and provided the customer with a means for measuring success, gleaning the customer's buy-in. You know, it's interesting what you just described there because it's the difference between you know showing up with a blank piece of paper with the customer saying, okay, so, so what do you want to achieve now? as opposed to being prescriptive and proactive, as you described. And I think that is absolutely the, the winning play here, right? As you understand um, what business outcomes your solution is designed to unlock, and, and that's what you then are lining up with with the customer once, once they're on your, your solution. What a concept. Exactly, Thomas. And if we have Tom, I'd love to share with you one other story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please do. There's an, another example, which one of our members, Cisco, they shared at a TSIA conference using TSIA's adoption framework. Cisco was able to identify the first value achievement in the customer lifecycle. This was a limited use, but it gave them the strategy for then knowing how and when to engage the customer in phases or intervals to drive greater adoption. And then that gave them the ability to leverage key telemetry and success plan tracking to ensure that the customer maintained the necessary momentum to achieve their desired outcome. It's really important to note, Thomas, that outcome validation is a key step to verifying if the outcome and value perceived was received. And if so, if it was received, that's great news. But if not, it gives both the technology supplier and the customer the ability to mitigate any of those issues to ensure success on both sides and then ensure that the desired outcome from the customer is received. Yeah, and as you're talking again, this, this is really kind of a new muscle that we're building in the technology industry to, to be continually in lockstep with our customer around their business objectives. And we keep checking in to make sure that we're, we're, they're making progress on that. We're committed to that. So, so, so Stephen, as, as you know, you know, we started working on our next book, and, and one of the, the topics we're exploring is how pricing models are evolving in tech. And historically, pricing was based on availability. And, and what do I mean? I mean, the customer paid to have access to the tech technology, right? They get a, a license. Even if they never used all the capabilities they purchased, they still paid, right, to, for that availability, for those capabilities. Today, we see these pricing models be more based on consumption, right? The customer only pays for what they use, um, but, but we don't see that as the end game. Pricing based on value realized is where the most successful 
technology providers are going to land. So, so what do you think it means to technology providers if pricing does migrate from being based on, quote, availability, end quote, to being based on consumption or, or value realized? It's a great question. Well, and we believe it's simple. If your company can't effectively drive customer adoption, your business collapses when pricing is based on consumption or value realization. This is why over 70% of the companies in our last organizational structure survey reported that they have a distinct customer success function. Customer success typically owns adoption, and we are seeing with 84% adoption charters across the industry, that's the predominance, right? That's where customer success is home, is in the adoption. And adoption is the new currency for financial success. When adoption's done well, it leads to expansion and renewals, which are growth engines. Adoption done poorly, that leads to churn. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in summary on this topic, right, how important is this capability of adoption aptitude? Well, there's a list of consequences for companies that don't understand what features are truly meaningful to their customers. And that list includes lower renewal rates, you're saying there's churn, right? Lower expansion rates, lower customer satisfaction, and higher technical debt as the company develops and maintains features that no one's really using. So, so let me put the big question of the day here on, on the table for our, for our listeners. Can your company afford to fail this adoption aptitude test? Thanks again for joining us. I look forward to our next episode where I discuss product-led growth and platform business models with TSI researcher Laura Fay, who leads our practice and as a service product management. Cheers.